Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such a pleasure to be here once again. What can I say but to be thankful to God for the gift of life? And I'm also thankful for you because it's only the living that can continually do the things that they will do. And so with that same spirit, I welcome you to this edition of our business education series. And as you know, the month is gradually winding to a close. And in this special month of March, we had chosen the pathway of ethics. And throughout the series this month, we have been concentrating on ethics in business and also looking at how to formulate a policy or codify business practices by way of ethics. In the last couple of editions, I've had the privilege of sharing my experience and also some of my thoughts as to how you must structure your business or should you be in a business as a leader or owner or entrepreneur, you would understand that there are necessities around the way you work, the way you do business, the way you handle your suppliers. And today, I want to sit under the premise of people, the way we recruit and the way you recruit. This is the most important part because people make any business. People drive the results. People are the future. And people are the assets that you cannot toy with. Yes, you can talk about machines. You can talk about technology. But without the human factor, nothing will ever stay through the test of time. And so it's important, friends, that we come to this table of knowledge to understand the importance of the way we recruit. And so as I draw the curtains on this all-important subject of ethics in business, I'd like to use this as my anchor. And by the grace of God, on Thursday, when we have the open mic session, I'll be opening up to entertain questions from you as regards everything that we have learned or learned in the month of March. So please make a date on Thursday at three o'clock, this same station, Lagos Talks 91.3 FM. I will be here to share with you at the same time, if you have questions based on all that we have learned in the month of March on ethics, I'll be more than glad to deal with them and also share your perspective. With that firmly in mind, I would like to go straight into the subject of the day, which is about people. How do we handle the people factor? When you look at ethics in business, the people factor, and essentially we are concentrating on one major one, which is the way we recruit. Every organization that you find always has the word integrity as one of their values. And so I want to use this opportunity to flag the fact that the way you recruit must be embedded and totally immersed in integrity. 
Integrity is the fulcrum that will make everything come together. And so if your organization does not have a codified form of business ethics by way of people hiring, then you know that they are sitting on a keg of gunpowder. What it just tells you is that any character, anyone, any Jack Rag and Tom Straw can just be walked in, brought in, and at the end of the day, you find a convoluted system where it will only be about politicking. And what happens from there? You find people either are daggers drawn and working for themselves and not for the company, working for their own interest and not in the interest of the organization. What is the long-term effect of that? Such companies, organizations do not last the test of time. And so I want you to understand that if you are a young man, a young woman, a business owner, businessman, businesswoman, if you are running an empire today and the way and manner you recruit people is not subjected through the funnel of integrity, then you are doing yourself a lot of harm. Maybe in the next couple of minutes, as I lay some tips on the table, this will hopefully help you. And if you have any questions, like I did say, on Thursday, when we have the open mic session, you may bring it to the fore, either by sending a mail ahead to contact at navigatewithid.com, or you will call into the studios. We will give you the numbers at that time for you to call it. And so kicking off with the way we recruit, like I said, the foundation of this for me is about recruiting with integrity. Integrity is one of the core ethical principles that most businesses and individuals really speak about and they claim to have or they desire to have. And it is a fundamental element in any recruitment process. All candidates must be considered fairly and without any real or perceived favoritism. In particular, all conflicts of interest should be avoided. And this is speaking especially to the hierarchs. Friends, many years ago, I had the privilege of going through a recruitment process. Many years ago, when I joined Guinness Nigeria as a management trainee, it was through a process, a painstaking process. When I joined the Coca-Cola company, it was through a process. When I joined Samsung, it was through a process. Each of them had different modes of entry, but I tell you what was key at the bottom of that ladder was integrity. And so even when I had the privilege of starting the journey with L'Oreal as the chief executive officer, I went to a process and that process in itself was laced with integrity. So some of the things that I would like to share with you, whether you are hiring one person, two, 10, 50, or you're going through an organizational design or fit for purpose um, shuffling, it's important that you hold some things very dear. Number one, you must ensure that every information that you are gathering is truthful and complete. So even in terms of the process, 
you must let the people that are being subjected to that process or interview or process understand that every piece of information that they are tendering must be truthful and complete. And so even in your capture, whether it's in terms of data or request for their resumes or curriculum vitae, whatever one you decide to, to ask for, I find a lot of people should change themselves because they put things into their CVs that are already lies. Now, later on, when a company or organization that is well immersed in integrity finds out that at the point of hire, you were very, very short on the truth, they will fire you. But here's looking at you as an employer, you also must give information which is truthful and complete. Now, if you are a hirer, that is, you are in the organization and you want to hire someone, or you own a business, or you are a business leader within the context of a business enclave, you must make sure that you disclose any relationship you may have with any potential candidate in line with a strict guideline which is saddled around employment of family and friends. You know, very many times we take this for granted. And I'll tell you a few times in the course of my career where I've had to headhunt, you know, maybe a friend, a former colleague. The first thing I do is that if I'm going to get someone who worked with me in some other previous company and I want to push such a person, the first thing I put on the table is that this person and I are ex-colleagues from XYZ. He or she worked with me, and I believe he or she has the skill to fit the role we are. But we must throw that person and others in the same ring. Never have I ever sat back and taken my own candidate as it were, quote and unquote and put that person as the main domo. No, I don't do it. I've never done it, and I will never do it. So even if I have a preference for someone who had worked with me previously, or someone who is a mentee of mine, who has gone through the process of being mentored by myself, who I know so very well, and can deliver on an assignment, I do not keep that under the table or keep it as secret. I will always disclose my relationship with any potential candidate. And I want you to know that that is acting with integrity. The second thing that you must do if you are a company hiring and you need to have this as a policy or within your ethics, you must ensure that no employee interferes with the recruitment process of a candidate due to such conflicts of interest. So for example, here I am as managing director, I want to hire someone to come in as general manager marketing. Of course, I have one, two, three candidates who probably I know in the industry, who may be members of my institute, who may be professional colleagues that I know will fit the bill. And at the point at which they present themselves or their CVs for consideration, they have to go into the pool. And one of the things I do by way of 
absolute declaration, I don't get involved at all with shortlisted. I don't. I always leave it to the team, the HR director. I leave it to whoever the hiring public will be. Could be the guys from the zone, the guys from the group, and my HR director. And when they finish, and once they finish, they will let me know that they've gone through the shortlist and these are the three candidates or two candidates that they find that are most suitable to go into the next stage. And they go through the stages. You know what? Like a Yoruba adage says that, um, I hope my Yoruba is correct, that the man that they are bringing the wife to does not have to stretch his neck. So if I'm sitting there, ultimately, as the, uh, the chief servant, then, then at some point I'll get to know. But then at the point of shortlisting, when they show me a list, I'm able to see this list and I'll say, by the way, so, so, and so in your list, I know this person very well, is a manager or is a fellow of my institute or is a member of my church or is a member of my household or is X, Y, Z. It is at that point, I will flag it and I'll put it down in writing. And to that extent, I will get myself out of that process. Now, if that person is ultimately meant to report to me directly, what I do is I go over and I get another colleague who might be managing director of South Africa region or East Africa region, because I was managing West Africa region. I'll then say, listen, I need you to take my place and interview this person if this person will be fit for this role, for the simple fact that he or she has been shortlisted, they've gone through the process, and here I am, I'm the final person that they need to see. Now, of these two candidates, there's a bias because I know this person. I know him or her to this extent, and I do not want that to come in any way uh, across. And so that is what I do as a check and balance. And by the way, this also helps the morale of the person being hired. So he or she does not come, oh, uh, you know, I is my former boss. I know that he must have favored me. Um, somehow, I, I know that I'll get the job. No, 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 you don't do that with me. Because trust me, the fact that you know me, you'll go through the eye of the camel 20 times. The person that doesn't know me may not even go through any eye. But you, I'm going to screen and double screen you simply because I believe a lot in recruiting with integrity. The other thing that you must also find out is that some people choose to have external recruiters. There could be recruiting agencies or headhunters. Now, you must make sure that the external recruiting parties, whether agencies or headhunters you use, are aware of your ethical standards and they agree to abide by them. So in other words, every recruiter, every external recruiter, anybody that is helping you in the process. Let me even take this even to the point of many times we, some of us want to hire our domestic staff. What do we do? We put the word out. Oh, I need a driver. I will need a nanny for my daughter. I would need a cook for the house. Do you just pick up anybody on the streets? Now, you always do one thing. Whoever brings that person 
you ask that person to take the place of a guarantor. But even after doing that, do you just rest in your oars? If a lot of people have, you know, done that, they've just said, oh, bring somebody for me. And they bring any, any character from the street and the next thing you find is crime. But if you go through the process of hiring through the meal, have a policy codified and say to yourself, even if it's in your family, that somebody needs to cross-check and having an external agency to double-check on the credentials of these people. Does this person live where he lives? He says he lives. They will give you guarantors. They will tell you guarantor one, guarantor two. Many of us do not check. We just assume until something happens and you pick up the phone, the number must have been shot by one or two digits. You didn't see it because you were lazy about it. If you take that same attitude into your business, in hiring people for your business, you have just destroyed the fabric of what you have labored for. And so I'm saying to you, do not in any way take the hiring process for granted and just be abysmal. Also, do not be involved in the recruitment process if you have any relationship with potential candidates. I did say that, giving you my example. Do not give preferential treatment to candidates recommended by employees and or business partners. So, for example, somebody within the organization, if you have an employee policy that allows employees to also, you know, uh, present uh, candidates, and that's, I mean, it's also a scheme that can be done within. So, within the employee network, if you do have someone that can fit this role, please get their CVs. It's done. It's okay. But you cannot give preferential treatment to that person. And you should not and never incite in any way a candidate not to respect their contractual obligations towards their employer. What am I saying? Many organizations and many people are short on this because they lack ethics. If your contractual obligation to your employer upon resignation is, is a month's notice, a three months notice period, please ensure you fulfill it. Now, there are some cases where you, are, you would have to create a hybrid. What do I mean? Maybe you have some outstanding days from your leave. Maybe you have a month's leave that has not been taken. Yes, you can take that as part of your notice period plus the mandatory too, which makes it three months. And if you are such a person that has been in a contractual standpoint, it was two weeks, then you make sure you give two weeks. But what do you find? You find a lot of employers even abusing it by even telling people to join, by asking them to leave their employers uh, and come over. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. If you are foolish enough to follow such a pattern, then know that they will, some other person will do the same thing to you. Never, as an employer, incite in any way a candidate not to respect their contractual obligations towards their employer. It is bad. It is very, very evil. And so to you too that is being hired, if any employer is saying to you, come over, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Don't be foolish enough to just jump ship like that. 
finish the because hey you don't know tomorrow listen the person hiring hiring you on the other side is a human being it's not the company it's somebody that will be sitting in a position to say i am hiring you what if tomorrow that individual leaves that company and goes to another company and somewhere in your career your paths meet again what do you think will happen to you i don't want to tell you one or two stories that i've had you know personal that people have tried to be you know smart by half and they've done some uncanny things it has happened twice in the course of my career and uh, these same people now come to meet me in a certain space and i'm sitting there and they tell me oh sir we have three candidates for this job we've shortlisted mr a mrs b and mrs c and then you turn to mrs c this mrs c was someone that had done something three, five years ago, 10 years ago, when she was supposed to be hired, or maybe she was hired in the company where I was. Yes, she spent about six months. She didn't perform well. And so by reason of the probation, she had to be let off. But guess what? She did not even wait for any interviews. And then five years later, she's sitting across the table with you, coming to report as a chief of sorts within that organization. What will you do? At such moments, I've seen those individuals almost pray that the ground should open for them to be swallowed up. But you know what? I just smile. I pretend as if nothing happened, but I can tell you that such a person cannot be trusted. And for me, you will only go through that process, except, of course, you know, there's every reason to believe that you have changed because a leopard does not change his spots. Do not offer a position to a candidate even orally unless you are sure that the person will be hired there are many times people hire people with their mouth ah oh boy come here come you have given this job um i'm going to hire you don't worry just come to the office start work and then you get into the crux of it and after a month they say ah who brought you here oh it's mr susan and so that said i should resume how could you resume that way now what is this particular context think about our footballers there are many young men who are in institutes today who go for some shadowing abroad and then the club calls them and then they say oh we offered this person a position to play for this team and then when the chips are down they then realize it was just oral instruction the organization had no clue so all the tests and whatever you were doing you were doing just for somebody to take right and so be careful folks this is why it is important that we act with integrity when we are recruiting people in any shape or form whether your personal life whether your business whether in terms of your career your vocation as long as it has to do with this all-important resource you must act ethically ethics is key Life is business and business is life. What else would you not do? Do not oversell the company or a position to a candidate. Many times, you find a lot of people oversell their company. They'll tell you all the sweetest things that will happen. Oh, all the benefits that you will get. They will tell you that at the interview panel or whatever, you'll find the nicest people. But most of them are just wolves in sheep clothing or they do not even believe in what they are saying. And I want to tell you something. This is a tip. 
Anytime you are invited uh, for an interview on a job, a particular job, depending on the level, if you are being called in at the very senior level, at the executive level, the way you will be received will tell you the way the reception will be when you resume. You probably are wondering how and why. When we return from this break, I'll give you that tip in different contexts at junior level, middle level, at senior level. And so you can look at it and say, hmm, am I about to enter the lion's den or am I about to enter a den of wolves? I'll be right back, friends. Don't go away. Keep your dial on 91.3 FM. We'll be back shortly. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, to Navigate with IDNANG. This is our business education series, and I'm grateful for the opportunity given to me to share my knowledge with you, at the same time to also learn from you. Just so that I drop a piece of information, come Thursday, the Thursday edition, on this same station, Lagos Talks 91.3 FM, at 3 o'clock, you join me and we'll have an open mic session everything that we have discussed about ethics in the month of March. All the questions you have, please bring them to the table and we will have them on that show. Do not in any way hold back because from start to finish, it will all be an open session. All the things bothering you, especially around ethical behavior or ethical leadership, let's try to trash them and let's get better at what we are doing in our lives, okay? Before we took the break, we're looking at the way we recruit and the importance of recruiting with integrity. And I did give some tips as to the kind of do's that should happen, that acting with integrity is very key. And I gave some do nots or don'ts. One of such that I said is do not be involved in the recruitment process if you have any relationship with potential candidates. Do not give preferential treatment to candidates recommended by employees of the company or even business partners. And do not in any way incite a candidate not to respect their contractual obligations towards their employer. Example, notice period, non-competition clause, confidential information, those things. Some companies will tell you, no, don't worry. No, worry. Because a non-competition clause, they can take you out. I have a mentee of mine who did not look at this very well. She took on a job, a high-ranking job. Meanwhile, there was a non-competition clause for a year embedded there that she couldn't work in any other organization in the similar industry. She decided because the new employer said, don't worry, we know we can always manage it. But guess what? She moved. The position was out of a GM. And by the time, you know, the chips were down. Our competitors found out she was there. What did they do? They took it to court. And then she ran down to me and said, ID, what do I do? I said, you're not going to do anything. You've lost the job. And she looked at me and said, I said, all through the process, you confided in me as your mentor. You showed me your, your ticket. You showed me the offer. But I kept asking, do you have any contractual agreement you said, yeah, but you didn't remember. You didn't have it with you. Many of you signed the first job agreement and never keep it. And then you go. Because you've grown, 
you forget that that was your entry point. Someday, if anything happens, that is the source document they are going to go back to. And when they go to that document, legally, you'll be taken out. Just like I was saying, that it's important that just before we went on the break, that, listen, if you are signing up for a job to be recruited, you're going for the interview, you have to be very sensitive. I know a lot of people are so desperate these days, but your desperation can send you to jail or can hang you on a tree. All of that will come because of one word called ignorance or insensitivity. If you are insensitive to the plight of what you are about to, or the journey you are about to take on, you can be eaten on the road. I pray that wouldn't be your portion. But here's what I'm going to say. I, I started at the point we are going to go on a break, and I said, the way you are received at the senior level, if you are going into another company, the way and manner you will be received at the reception, and they are preparing for you to come, will tell you the nature of the company and how receptive they are to having people come work with them afresh, especially at the top. You may just find yourself at the interview stage. You get there to the reception. The first thing they say, oh, Mr. You are here to see Mr. So-so and so. And then the receptionist starts calling to confirm that a certain man um, is here or woman is meant to see Mr. So-so and so. It means that you are not that important or someone slept on the job. If you are going into an organization that is ethically minded, everybody across the chain, productivity will show from the PA to the RA and to the TA. What I mean is every assistant, whether technical assistant, personal assistant, corporate assistant, everybody in that line will be aware at that nine o'clock, there's a man called IDNAG that will be seeing the MD. And by the time it's nine and you arrive there quarter to nine, whatever time you arrive, you are noted and you are taken to the waiting room. But if you are kept at the reception and the time goes over, you are meant to see the MD at nine. And then the MD does not see you till 10. You are still sitting at that reception. Nobody speaks to you. All the receptionist says, please don't be angry. The, he's still in the meeting. Then know that that particular company is not a serious-minded company because the head is not serious. But why do I mean that? If you are walking into a place where they recruit with integrity, and they believe in the power of people being assets, even the MD will walk down personally and come to receive you and tell you, I apologize for keeping you for five minutes. I had to come personally to take you. That tells you that organization is being led by a man who is ethically responsible. But if you're going into a place where it's a jungle, Anybody will just come and take you. And when you get there, you just say, oh, sorry, 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 I was in a meeting. Then you know you're about to enter a jungle. Recruiting with integrity is also important when people don't try to oversell their company or a position to a candidate. If anybody's trying to oversell, stand up and ask yourself, hey, am I about to be sold without even knowing? Now, my typical fashion in the last couple of episodes is to give you a simple um, question and answer type situation. And then you can, you know, it's almost like a simulation. So let me try and simulate one or two questions that you may have 
as regards this subject of recruiting with integrity. So, for example, I have a question like this. I framed myself, um, not that I got it from any, any, of, any of the listeners. So this is just me simulating. A senior manager in my department passed on the CV of the son of one of his friends a couple of weeks ago. Since then, he has been calling me every two days to know how things are going. It is making me feel quite pressured. How should I deal with this situation? This is a typical situation we get every day. Now, this is what I think you should do. You should explain to the manager the recruitment process and timeline. Tell him that he will, of course, be informed of the final decision when it has been taken. If the manager continues to call you, you should discuss the matter with your manager. Now, this is another simulation, another scenario. I learned during an interview that a candidate was a family friend of one of our raw materials suppliers. Our company is currently renegotiating a long-term contract with this supplier. Recruiting this candidate would probably help us, wouldn't it? Now imagine this is a situation you have just there. You just learned during an interview that a candidate was a family friend of one of your raw material suppliers. And then your company is currently renegotiating a long-term contract with this supplier. Recruiting this candidate will probably help you guys, Abby, wouldn't it? Now, this is my response to that. This is what I'll advise you to do. The fact that this candidate knows quite well one of your suppliers is not a sufficient reason for hiring them. You should seek to hire employees for the long term and not just for an episodic need. If you hire this candidate as a favor and that it doesn't work out well, it will be very difficult for you to put an end to the relationship. Moreover, if the candidate has close personal ties with a supplier, they should not be hired in a position where they are able to substantially affect their relationship. You wonder why there's a lot of problems in business settings today? It's because people lack a duty and sense of ethics. People hire family friends that are working for suppliers and they take them because they believe that they want to continue the relationship, even in business. And so you, you make that person stand out, stand up. When you hear a lot of moral and ethical issues surrounding hiring, either in the public or private sector, it is always because people fail to understand the moral place of recruiting with integrity. Now, let me put this other situation, the third situation, then I move to the next one. This situation is one where we have selected a candidate who is currently working for a competitor. During the interviews, the candidate told us that they had no problem starting next week, even though they owe their current employer two months' notice. Also, the candidate is eager to share information he has on our competitor's product launch plan. Hmm. This is very typical of our environment. This is my response to you. We must never encourage an employee 
to not respect their contractual obligations with regards to their employer. You should explain to the candidate that we do not, that is, your company does not wish to receive confidential information relating to their competitors. If the, com if the candidate is really good, you should have no issue waiting two months for them to work out their notice period. If they are so fantastic, they can wait. But if you go through that whole process of aiding and abetting, you will start what you cannot finish. And so, friends, recruiting with integrity is huge. If you have a lot of issues with this, when I come on Thursday, when we open the lines, I want you to come blazing. And you can start now by sending emails to me so that I can prepare ahead to contact at navigatewithid.com. The ID is spelled IDY. If you know you are being challenged at your current company, they are asking you to recruit without integrity. How are you going to go about it? That's why we have issues. Our country is bedeviled with all manner of stuff because people do not know what ethical leadership is. I tell you, my dear friends, even if my own brother were to sit in front of me and tell me that his best friend has to get a job because I am sitting at the helm of affairs of the organization, he will go through the meal. Do you see why we are having issues as a country? Because the best, the fittest, and the brightest is never allowed. But what we do, we open the doors for all manner of charlatans and characters to step into proper places of administration up to any level within our polity, whether in the public or the private sector. And so we fuel the embers of mediocrity and we expect to be successful. That's why we have a problem as a nation. Why do you think other nations are still strong with institutions? Institutions are institutions because people make them they are driven by certain ethics. Does it mean that they don't have people that break the code? Of course they do, but there are consequences. And that's why when you have a code of business conduct or a code of ethics, consequences are there. If you do this, if you go against the grind, you'll be fired. Look at outstanding institutions. Look at places like the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, or even FIFA, or even CAF. Look at what is happening. You cannot sit at the helm of affairs and think that you can do anything. Even after you have served your term, you'll be brought back to answer. So we must ensure that at this stage when recruiting, we recruit with integrity. What is the next big item in terms of recruiting? Uh, the way we recruit is about recruiting with respect. When you recruit with integrity, you balance the other way with respect. All candidates must be treated with respect. Whatever the position they are applying for or whatever position they are being headhunted for and regardless of their skills or background. And to make that happen, you must be transparent about the recruitment process. It is not one thing for the other, one thing for the other. It is not one person coming to your house at night to get the questions while the other just comes there and sees it in the exam hall. If you're going to go through some psychometric test, don't tell your HR director to give you a copy so that you give to your candidate to practice. That is what we do. It is wrong. 
You are disrespecting the other people and you are not acting with integrity. And that's why we bring in all characters and minnows into the game. And at the end of the day, they wonder, why is the company not making profit? It is because of the nature and people that you brought in. Someone slept on duty or someone is turning against the tide. You must be transparent. And you must also avoid contacting candidates late in the evening or during weekends. Sometimes some hires, people that hire do not even know. They will call you weekend on a Sunday. That cannot even happen to me. You will call me on a Sunday and tell me an idea where I'm calling you from um, so so and so from. I'll tell you, my friend, don't you people have respect for people's privacy? This is a weekend. It's a Sunday. I'm with my family. I will not call the name of the company. But some company tried that, whatever, some years ago. The way I blasted the HR director, you know, I just told her, I said, don't even call me again. I'm not interested. How can you call me on a Sunday? Here I was with my family. And she called me to say, um, yeah, Mr. Nang, um, we want to call you concerning, I said, concerning what? My friend, don't you have any policy around privacy? And you wonder, this was a GM job many years ago, general management job, and a very good company, by the way, one of the top companies in our client. But I told them to go and sit down. And how can you call me during the weekend? It's because they do not recruit with respect. If you recruit with respect, you won't call people up on the weekend when they are with their families. Don't contact candidates late at night. Contact me at 11 p.m. while I'm sleeping and say, sorry, I'm just coming out of a meeting. Would like to. Well, you're not a politician. These politicians are recruiting in the early hours of the morning because they don't sleep. They are nocturnal. Their whole recruitment is done between 12 midnight and 6 a.m. Only God knows what they are recruiting. Do avoid contacting several people from the same team or company in the same week. What do you do? It means you don't respect this company or you just want to wipe out their staff. Some time ago, when I was in, um, in a certain role, you know, one of the companies in the country wanted to take on, I mean, they took about 10 of my sales managers and they were contacting them. And funny enough, they all went to the interview. I mean, 10 of them in different regions. One was in North Central, one was in Northwest, and then there were the guys in Southwest three different regions. They had contacted all my sales managers and they were all going for the interviews. Then I woke up, you know, I woke up that morning and I don't know how, this was just clearly the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I called my colleague, the sales controller, and I said to him, call two of your guys, one, the one in Joss and the one in Kaduna. Tell them you are on your way to see them. You are at the airport, they should pick you up. And he did. Immediately he called them. They now said, ah, Oga, sorry, we are in so so and so. We came to this territory to check. I said, they are lying. They are interviewed. It was later found out that this particular organization just swept on our organization then to pull out majority of our RSMs and, and, the other, and the area managers. Why? Because they felt they were doing very well. Don't do that. You know, avoid contacting several people from the same team or company in the same week and in the same period. You want to wipe out what they are doing? That's not recruiting with respect. How can you just put out a notice and say, take 10 of their sales managers? Why would you do that? If you have a problem with getting people from other industries, don't go and cripple one company. These are real issues that happen today. Now, I might be, 10 may look like exaggerating, but I tell you, just because I don't want to call the name of the company or even tell you the company I was, because you'll be shocked. 
the company, as far as I'm concerned, they lack ethical leadership. And it's one of the celebrated companies in our client. This program is not meant to pull anybody down, but to let you know, guys, that ethics in business is very critical to reputation and sustainability. And the way we treat people is very key. We must treat people with respect. We must recruit them with respect. We must recruit them with integrity. Now, for candidates already in employment, you must agree with the candidates in advance what is the best time and manner in which to contact them. That's what it, that's what it is. So you must know and ask me, what is the best time that we can contact you? Let me tell you. Now, if I tell you it's okay for you to call me on a Sunday, obviously, maybe I don't have a family. Obviously, maybe on Sunday, what I, I it's my free day. But don't take it upon yourself to call me on a Sunday. I'll return you to sender. This is one thing you must avoid. Avoid making candidates wait when inv inviting them to an interview. Oh, Nigerian employers, Kai, they're as guilty as tomorrow. You invite someone to come for an interview, they will come there from 8 o'clock, they might wait there at 12 o'clock. I said, me, God forbid, you will not, I will walk away. I'm telling you, 30 minutes after, and then you are still on the line, I'll tell you, sorry, I'm gone. I mean, this is not arrogance. I tell you, this thing started from when I was a young executive. Nobody will invite me for an interview and you keep me in the waiting room. 30 minutes, the minute it gets to 45 and I manage and they would have pacified me to get me to one hour, I'm walking out. I won't even answer them. And it has stayed with me till today. Not to talk of when you want to go see someone. Many times, I've had the privilege of going to see some of my friends in very high places. And then they will tell me, ID, when are you coming? I say, I'm coming at three. Three is teas. When you get there at three o'clock and the person is still in the meeting, say, please, uh, don't be angry. Wait for me. I will understand because something can happen. Then he moves to 3.30. He moves to 4. He moves to 4.30. I say, is this guy okay? He thinks he can come and keep me here forever. I'll just leave. Because you have no respect for my time. We must continually strive to respect people. So, do not in any way allow people wait when they come for interviews. It is not right. It is not fair. And then there's something that some people do. Technically, it is wrong. Do not ask candidates to attach a photograph to their CV. And I see some candidates these days, they are writing CVs, they are putting their photographs. What are you trying to prove? You want them to see your face before you come for the, that you are the finest boy or the finest lady, or that you have the best chick in town. Friends, you know, some of these things, we just pick them up and we do what we like with them. You don't understand that they are discriminants. In a way, they can walk against the tide. And one thing you do not do is to take in consideration candidates' physical appearance. Don't do it. Don't. Do not ask for information which is not directly related to the candidate's professional skills and competencies. Anything that does not have to do with that whole context, avoid it. Avoid it because it is in your better interest. And so let me give you one or two situational examples so that you can relate to what I'm talking about recruiting with respect. So for example, I have this situation. A manager has made it clear that he wants to 
he wants me to hire a man for his team. He told me there were too many women in his team and that he needed a little more balance. What should I do? This is a very common item in our polity. Even if this manager's team is composed only of women, your role is to source the best person for the job. Aiming at diverse teams does not mean excluding application on grounds of gender. We tend to exclude applications on grounds of gender. Should not be. It is better to be proactive on sourcing methods in order to obtain a greater number of male candidates and then select the best candidate, be it a man or a woman. Now, I could flip this around and put it in the terms and conditions and tell you they want to hire a woman for the team because there are too many men. That is a norm. But I decided to flip it the other way so that the women will not in any way say, oh, yes, that's it. That's what happens. I'm not here to for a, a popularity context. It's just to let things come out the way they are. I wish I could give you another little situation, but let me look at this quick one and tell you. Uh, this situation, I received a CV with the photo of the candidate. Should I consider this application or is it against the principles of diversity? You should never ask candidates to join a photo on their CV. If they do it of their own accord, you should not reject such CVs for this reason. However, you should, however, make sure that you do not take into consideration the candidate's physical appearance during the recruitment process. It just means that you don't want anything that throws advantage or disadvantage because recruiting is about recruiting or recruitment, I beg your pardon, is about recruiting with respect and recruiting with integrity. Friends, there's a whole host of stuff to talk about from this perspective of the way we recruit. We may not be able to exhaust it in one program, but I tell you one thing, I hope you've been blessed by the focus on ethics in the month of March Come Thursday, I will be in the studio to take on all your questions. Please put them together and we'll go through inch by inch what it takes to live in an ethical way, what it takes to form a code of business ethics. And at the end of the day, is by is living with the ethics. Thank you so much for listening. My social media handle for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is at ID. Y-E-N-A-N-G. And of course, if you want to send a mail, you can send to contact at navigatewithid.com. Thank you so much for listening and it's been great having you. God bless you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.